Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Zella made a beat, so it's go time. To another edition of the Core Four Podcast, you can find the Core Four Podcast on SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, along with GBB Live and soon to be the Three and D Podcast. That's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, or wherever you get your podcast. So subscribe, follow, comment, give a review, whatever. Do it. Gas is up. Um, this is also a podcast under SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues blog. Find them on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. The core four are back. Not really better than ever. Um, we've been better because it's August. It's the end of City Boy summer. It's the dog days of summer. I had my Hot Boy summer. It went, it went well. It was, yeah. No, you're. Hot Boy Summer is only hot for... Hot Boy Summer. It's only for single people. It's, it's a hot Boy Summer is a mentality. I like it's not, that. It's like not action. Well, I'm on City have. Boys. Yeah. I've been on City Boys Summer. Okay, it's, right. it's synonymous. Yeah. Anyways, we're just defeating the Hot Girl Summer. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, the but, City Boys are up by at least 100 points. Yeah, the, point. the second unit's in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, anyways, I am Parker Fleming, and with me is Nathan the Dark Knight Chester. <laughs> Nathan, what up? Hey, gosh. For those of you who um, have been following this show over the last year, um, Parker will call me by nicknames, and they're mostly inside jokes. And I just want you to know, I can't really say why that one's the funniest. It's be- that, 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 that is the funniest. It's, it's because it's such a great nickname, it and it's just so um, <laughs> it's so ironic. Yeah, it, it, I guess I don't really know. There, there are many people that never thought I'd be called the Dark Knight. I will say it that way, but I'm. Yeah. Here, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. And after a long hot boy summer, that's the title that I've earned. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yikes. Well, um, Nate and I actually linked up er, uh, late, earlier this weekend, and uh, we um, played some pickup basketball. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Parker and I haven't been able to play as much pickup as we used to because Parker – FedEx owns Parker now after graduating from Ole Miss. 
It was pretty cool. Yeah, you're working a good job, making getting, money, getting that money, making that extra money. Facts. Uh, we know, we know, journalism is really your main career until um, this FedEx is just a side gig on the way <laughs> on the way to the ringer. Am I right? Whoa, no comment. Dan Devine, are you listening? Bill wow. Simmons, are you listening? Dan. Well, um, it's also been a very busy summer for me. I went to Israel earlier this summer, about a month ago. Um, I just got back from Disney World for the very first time ever. That was your first time going to Disney World. The absolute first time ever. And it was it was great. Um, they called Disney World the happiest place in the world. And by all the pissed off, upset expressions I saw in all the parents' faces the entire time that I was there, I have my doubts about that. But I was happy while I was there, so that's good. I um, got to ride. That was my first time on a roller coaster, believe it or not. What kind of childhood did you have? One that went to the beach every single summer instead of Disney World. Well, I remember uh, when I played AAU ball, uh, our nationals were in Orlando. Nice little plug there. Little plug. (laughs) Shameless plug. But we went to Orlando every summer, and there would always be a day where... um, it would be like a stoppage of play because they like the pool play is done and they're setting the brackets up. And so we would spend an entire day at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. It was it was lit. I kid you not. There was a time. First off, there are people that were using wheelchairs at Disney World that do not need wheelchairs. I kid you not. I saw a perfectly healthy guy in his 20s that's more muscular than either you or me. He put on a band on his ankle, started limping, and walked over to a wheelchair <laughs> and started going to the handicap sections of the rides. I'm thinking, are you absolutely kidding me? He could have had a bad leg day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he could have skipped it, and I guess a wheelchair is the only answer for when you do skip it. Right, but there was a reason why I wanted to bring up our pickup basketball, mm-hmm. and um, that's because I know Shaq and Powell's pain. I set you so many picks... <laughs> I rolled so many times, yet you still took contested long twos. Okay, to be to be fair, I took probably two or three contested mid-range jumpers. The problem and the reason you're angry is because I wasn't shooting well on the open mid-range jumpers. Exactly. Now I know how they feel. I came down and uh, Connor Dunning, who was a producer at 92.9, a friend to the show, has been a guest on the show many times. He was guarding me in the first couple of games, and I think in the first First game, I came down, nice little dribble move, hit a contested pull-up three, and then uh, my friend Baylor Moss, who switched on to be in the pick and roll, one of the one of the best crossovers I think I've ever hit somebody with. Now, he fell down. Granted, he stepped he stepped on your shoe, bro. I was on the complete opposite okay, side. Okay, he of the may court. have not stepped up on anyone because he said he stepped on Parker's shoe, but Parker said he wasn't even in the play. I was not so, in the play. I don't know. I was but, spotting up opposite wing. Okay, but uh, Baylor said he tripped over someone's shoes, and that's why he fell down. Which may or may not be the case, but he jumped the wrong way on the on the crossover. That's all that matters. And, and once you jump the wrong way, whatever whatever happens at that point happens. Honestly, it doesn't even matter if you like fall. If you jump the wrong way on the crossover, you got got. Yeah, you got got. And it, sometimes it's not as bad as it can be because you stand up, you can recover well. But if you happen to trip over someone's foot at that point, I'm sorry. People are gonna start yelling and running around the gym. Bro, I was geeking. <laughs> I was geeking. It, it, 
<laughs> it was funny. It was but really I got funny. I scored the layup off the crossover there. I think I hit maybe one or two more jump shots in that game. And then we were at 14, and we needed one more point. And it was so funny because you were setting some great screens. Like really you was. Saying, you were saying, and Connor, Connor was getting so mad because he was getting blindsided because no one was ever calling them out whatsoever. And, and because I work out, I'm pretty big, so okay, like, yeah, boom. You've been, you've been hitting that weight room, so just yep, exactly. every single time. And I, there was one time, and I kid you not, you know how a jump shot feels too perfect when it comes off your hand and it yeah. won't go in? I hit. There was one perfect screen, and I came right off your shoulder. I rarely shoot leaners, but I literally felt like Bino Udri on the leaner, and it felt perfect. Rolls around halfway down to win the game, bounces out. And I, at that point, it kind of occurred to me, I should probably start looking for the role man at this point. And I, I apologize for that. It's okay. I apologize for that. As a, you know, I was playing with a lot of new people for the first time, and you got to show the scoring burst a little bit when you when you got to show that you can get buckets except, around new people. I mean, yeah, but you're, you're a point guard. Yeah. You're, you're a point guard, not a, uh, a points guard. That was bad. Nah. Yeah, it was really bad. Eh. Oh well, I tried. <laughs> we we went two and one. I mean, we went we did pretty well. Yeah, I mean, fine. how many more games did y'all play after I left? We played two, two more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that one like because like you left because there were six of us that came up there together. Mm-hmm. So you left, and so it was five of us. So we're like, you know what? Our what five a, versus yeah. another five. Uh huh. And you we played the Chad team. Nah, dude. Oh, dude, that pissed me off, man. <laughs> There's about eight of them that roll in, and we needed two more to run fives. I can't, I, and we had to basically beg two of them to come over and play, and they were both trash. I'm telling you, I know the group that you're talking about because um, I left with Baylor, and I'm sit, he's in the locker room getting changed, and I'm already ready to go. So I'm sitting in the chair next to Jim, and I see a whole squad of all I can describe as Kyles and Chads. Brads, well, too. And Brads walk up yeah. together. Um, four of them are wearing sleeveless tank tops. Two or three of those sleeveless tank top guys look like they've never worked out before in their life. They all have grease back hair, and we're both Greek Life members. We're both frat guys, and we know them. Fraternity we, males. We, we know Come them on. when we see them. A little more respect. Little Fraternity males. Fraternity males. That's yes. correct. And, and one of them, I think, was wearing Kohans. <laughs> I trash, uh, but uh, touch yeah. me, touch me, and I'll sue those Whoa. type, those type of guys. Yeah, uh, when they walked in, um, and they didn't like come on our end. I like lean over to Connor, and I'm like, they're probably just like, damn, this isn't Lollapalooza. <laughs> <laughs> and we, me, him, and Isaiah were yelling so loud, soft, soft, because none of them will play. He said, "What are they gonna do? Yule in your face?" Probably. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. If any if anybody were there videotaping us and they cut up some nice film, it would have had a lot of likes on Twitter. Kind of similar to like the NBA players at their lifetime gyms. I think the best way I can describe Parker's game, and Parker literally told me to piss off the first time I said this, and I said, "Now think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. Parker first said that he's a combination of Marcus All. I didn't. I did not say Marcus All. Okay, you said. <laughs> oh no, I said. I you said, said, and I quote, said you actually, are. Actually, yeah, I remember You were Luka Doncic. If Luka Doncic turned out to be what Anthony saying that Luka Doncic was going to be. Yeah, actually, you told me that at Lifetime. So that's <laughs> okay. I, I was the one who brought yeah. that up. Uh, but I told Parker that he is prime. Prime. Boris Diaz. Okay, because <laughs> the reason why I said what I said because the only the only uh, vision I get of Boris Diaz when I hear Boris Diaz is boobs Diaz. 
He was always boobs. <laughs> not in Phoenix. Not in Phoenix. <laughs> he was still a tad chunky. Even he was a little chunky. Yeah, and that, that's it's why like, I kind of took a little offense to that. Now, now, of course, the six seconds or less suns kind of inflated his stats, but this is still a guy that it is very peak, was a borderline all-star, averaging 15, 6, and 5. He's always a great playmaker, even when he played in San Antonio later on in his career. He shot 40% from three that year in Phoenix. Does that does that not describe your game? And you're not a 40% three-point shooter. You're a good shooter, but I think that's a great shooter. I'm not a 40% three-point shooter. Yeah. Okay, so... I, I'm giving you. I'm amplifying one well, of your skills you, from that you. perspective. Well, thank you. But th- people are not afraid to throw the ball to you in the wing or in the high post and let people cut and run the offense through you. Is that not Boris Diaw? The beautiful yeah. game Spurs. Boris Diaw is a huge part of that. You know what? Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. The narrative. Was, fl- the narrative flipped very quickly. I'm like a it? homeless man's Nikola Jokic. Diet, diet, Nikola Jokic, literally, because you, I'm not fat. Did you see that footage of Meek Mill playing pickup? <laughs> they said it he looked, looked like, like a five ten Nikola Jokic. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, one of these uh, players balling out at Lifetime, looking like a damn superstar, Darren Jackson Jr. And I know, like you even said, like, oh, I don't want to take too much stock into it. Mm-hmm. it, it I completely get it. Um, he's a franchise player. He would he missed. Now, was he actually hurt the last few weeks of the season? No, they were probably just holding him out. Uh, but he played only in 50-plus games this past year, and they held him out the rest of the season. Um, we've had no reason to believe there was anything wrong with I think he had and, something wrong with him, but they just kind of, like, extended it because they didn't, didn't want to risk yeah, anything. of course not. Um, but it's good to see him back out there playing against some NBA caliber, some NBA players, some just random Joe Schmoes like Meek Mill out there. Um, but he looks good. Yeah. He looks like a guard at six foot eleven doing what Dude, he's doing so out crazy. there. Quick trigger threes off the crossover, getting to the rim at will. And I sent a video and we saw a couple clips of that in the lifetime pickup video. But I think I sent in our group text this morning the video when the Grizzlies played Milwaukee, like in the first five or six games of the season this past year. Um, the, the play starts off with Conley delivering the ball to Jackson in the high post, and Giannis is guarding him. Jaron makes no dribble move, makes no jab step, just puts the ball with, on the floor on the floor yeah. of his left hand and takes Giannis shoulder to shoulder all the way to the basket and finishes with ease. And I posed the question, I said, even among superstars, who is really capable of doing that? Even someone like James Harden has to use dribble moves mm-hmm. to make a play like that. Steph Curry has to use dribble moves like that. Maybe LeBron James, Kawhi, Kevin Durant – Anthony Davis. Those are like a few players. Would you say top. like Embiid and Towns would as well? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. those are two guys as well. Yeah. I mean, Nikola Jokic could probably do that, but that's not because like – I think that's more of the fact that because he's not as agile to do triple moves. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> He has to do that, but you have to respect but he's his, all, his jump shot more than any Oh, yeah, and guys, yeah. He, he has a lot of finesse. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree with you. There's a very short list of players that can probably take – Giannis on a cupid off the dribble. It's 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 just um, so um, tantalizing to see a, a rookie who was literally in his fifth or sixth game making Giannis Antetokounmpo, who not only was the league MVP this past year, almost led his team to the finals and was def- a de- legitimate defensive player of the year candidate, made him look like I, a ragdoll at yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just couldn't stay in front of him. I think the most like tantalizing thing that I saw at 
like on that lifetime footage, and it's almost like an extension of what you said. There's one play where he got the ball off a of steal, and he dribbled it 94 feet and hit a dude with a left-handed no look pass, and like. And passing was obviously six, not one of his strong. Six teams. eleven guys aren't supposed to do that. It's it, I think, um, and I remember one play early in the season this past year that really just made me go wow. Was they were in Utah? I think it was the second game of the season, and he gets the rebound, takes it ninety four feet, and Derek Favors, God love his heart, Derek Favors got torn up every time he played Jaron this past year. Did it? Uh, Didn't he have a, another play like that early in the season against Dallas where he like took it all the way and Euro-stepped someone no, yeah, for a layup? No, this was like the second game of the season, like when they played – or the third game because Atlanta was the second game. They were mm-hmm. at Utah on the road, and Derek Fabers was the only person standing between him and the basket on a 94 feet, him just taking the ball up the court. He hit the uh, Fabers with the Euro-step, but he didn't even step around him Fabers just bounced off of him off the Euro step, and he just finished an easy layup. The combination of speed, ball handling, strength, and agility, he's a better athlete than Anthony Davis is. I think he is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think they're both exceptional athletes. I think he's honestly like – I think he's right between Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid in terms of like athleticism. That's probably fair. In terms of like athleticism and power, like a combination of the two, I guess. And, and I made the um, the audacious Anthony Davis comparison the summer before <clears throat> Jaron's rookie season, and they're different players in different ways. Jaron's farther ahead of Davis as a shooter and a scorer than Davis was at this point. Davis is a better rebounder. And D- defensively, it's pretty even. Yeah, pretty even. Um, so there's a long way to go, and that's a, ha- a high bar to reach by any objective mm. standard but he's on pace to be just about whatever you could possibly dream of him being right and one thing i'm very interested in seeing because i've seen coach jenkins say this is his um he's looking to use him more as a point forward mm-hmm. like letting him initiate the offense and like why not why not that's what that's what jason kidd did with Giannis, and look what happened who can go- i'm not saying he'll ever be quite the playmaker that Giannis is but um, fours and fives guarding him. Who's going to be able to guard him in the open court with the ball? He's his handle is good enough where guards can't poke the ball away from him. I think like the only players that can guard him realistically, I think Simmons probably Ben Simmons probably yeah. can. He's an all defensive player. Yeah. Um, Anthony Ka- Davis, Kawhi, Kawhi yeah. uh, Durant, Durant, Durant. I'm thinking about next season. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Draymond. Mm-hmm. Draymond just because tenacity, like, yeah. mm-hmm. and then like another like underrated guy I think can, I can too is Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Um, but someone, even someone who's considered a great defender like Paul Millsap, um, Jared's athleticism's on a different level from someone like him. Yeah, that's why to, to be able to get around somebody like that in the open courts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually gave the comparison like Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark to like a supercharged, bouncier mm-hmm. Al Horford, Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. Like that's a dream, in my opinion. It, it's I don't like to throw out lazy All Star comparisons because you get you'll get enough of those lazy Hall of Fame and All Star comparisons on draft night. Uh, but you saw it some in summer league, not as much as you did at Gonzaga, but. Um, you see Brandon Clark um, grabbing rebounds, going the whole length of the floor, just like Jaron is, making plays with the ball in his hands or finishing with the dunk at the other end. And I don't really know who else to think of outside of Draymond Green 
with that type of skill set at right. that size, I just can't really think of anybody at that position. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah. Does that mean he, Brandon Clark will become Draymond Green? I, I mean, know. I mean, probability wise, probably not, but All right. it's harder to think of anybody else. Yeah. And so, two K's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaron Jackson got his overall, and it's an eighty-two. I think that's fair. Yeah. Considering his production, how many games he played, I think if he would have played a bit, if he actually would have played that last mm-hmm. stretch, he probably could have bumped up to an eighty-three, eighty-four. Because not only does playing more help, but his numbers probably go up with Marcus All and Marcus All not being there. Exactly. But and so like eighty-two, that's fine. And there's one that's getting a lot of heat on uh, Twitter, not just from. Grizzlies Twitter, but really just all of NBA Twitter, and that's Kyle Kuzma being an 84. Is Kyle Kuzma two notches better than Jaron Jackson Jr.? So here are some per 36 comparisons between Kuzma and Jaron this past year. <clears throat> Kuzma had the slight edge in scoring. Uh, Kuzma per 36 minutes averaged 19.5 points per game. Jaron averaged 19. Rebounding, they're about dead equal. Kyle had less than one assist more per game. Um, defensively, both production and skill-wise, there's absolutely no comparison. Jaron is miles and leaps ahead of what Kuzma is, who he is on defense. He's probably never going to be much better than what he is right now. I think a lot of Kuzma's advancements will come as a playmaker and not as a defender. Probably so. He, he Honestly, and it, it still astounds me why the Lakers prioritized him so much over Brandon Ingram. I have a theory about that, but I don't think we could talk about that. <laughs> I think, uh, okay, don't call it your theory. I'm going to call it Sane's theory because he went on 92.9 and went all in on that. I guess if you attributed to someone else, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyways, honestly, as weird as it sounds, because think about it, their point guards right now are Rondo, Quinn Cook, and Alex Caruso. Why didn't they prioritize keeping Lonzo Ball? I don't really understand. I think Lonzo and Ingram have higher ceilings than Kuzma. I think Kuzma is basically the player that he's going to be right now. And maybe if LeBron was not there, he could become more. I'm not saying. I think all those players could have become more without LeBron. Yeah. LeBron, to a certain degree, depending on how you look at it, does make the players around him better. But the team that Magic Johnson put around LeBron James last year, to say the Tragic. least, was not a good fit. you got to surround LeBron with shooters, and you're not going to maximize Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, or frankly, even Kyle Kuzma, for that matter, mm-hmm. with LeBron James. Yeah. And so, like, back to this, like, Kuzma versus Jaron Jackson debate. I mean, it's a very – Kuzma's becoming the new um, – the, the big divide – uh, I think almost kind of like the Carmelo of young players, not in terms of just like skill sets. I mean, he doesn't have Carmelo's ceiling. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, but there's just it's a similar divide between casual fan and NBA Twitter. Where NBA Twitter's like, guys, he's not that good. But casual Twitter's like, dude, Kuzma's so sick. Kuzma is sick according to casual NBA Twitter because he plays for the Lakers. I, I still think it's because he's a scorer. That's it, why everybody thinks he's sick, because he's a smooth scorer. Mm-hmm. Do you know my comparison for him? I think he's a lot like Sharif Abdur-Mahim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, I want to see what he does on a winning team. Mm-hmm. But, and also another thing with this argument is I don't put too much stock into initial 2K ratings because of that dynamic rating throughout the season. 
Jaron could easily become an 88 by the end of the season. Oh, very easily. Um, but as for right now... But the real question is, will he ever be as unstoppable as Clint Capella in 2K? Oh, my God. <laughs> I will never get over Clint Capella being... a Clint Capella, a player who in the, la- in, uh, the last playoff series against the Golden State Warriors literally looked like he could not catch an entry pass... He looked that unplayable at times. Is I think was he a ninety to finish the year on two K? Yeah. yeah, that's that that alone will make you be pretty skeptical whatever two K puts out there. But Jaron, he's a better shooter. Fr- frankly, Kuzma is not even a good shooter. Kuzma shot thirty seven percent from three on a decent volume. Okay, that that's still above average. No, no, no. Listen to me. He did that as a rookie. His three previous years of college, he shot in the low thirties with a shorter three point line. And this past season, he shot thirty three percent from three on even more volume than he did the previous year. So what does that tell you? It's just inconsistent. I mean, Wait, he, he, regre- I he regressed to the mean this past year. Yeah. He got hot his rookie season. It is what it is. But more likely than or not, or he just him- benefited more from Lonzo's playmaking rather than LeBron's. <laughs> Sorry, Connor, yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah, he'll make some people angry with that one out there. But um, he'll probably settle in between that 33 to 35% for his career for beyond the arc, which isn't bad. That's average. It, it, League average is 35. Average. But Jaron already, um, he had a very initial cold streak adjusting to NBA speed from three, and he still finished um, 36% from three this past year, making it one a game. And that's going to go up with volume, more opportunity. And it's actually going to go up with uh, point guards still actually passing the ball. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mike Conley was not looking for him, to say the least. But Jaren's- Also in a more spaced-out offense, I can very well see – Taylor Jenkins challenging Jaron to take five or six threes a game. Mm-hmm. Whereas JB was like, hey, Jaron, get to the low post. Mm-hmm. And granted, he's a very good low post player, but he's also like an exceptional perimeter talent as well yeah. for his position. Yeah. It, yeah. it just comes down to give me the guy who's a better shooter, a more efficient scorer, a much more dominant inside presence, who's a far better defender over the guy who's not those things. Yeah, but Kuzma plays for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. so we got to make Kuzma two rating points higher. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. but just Ronnie, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. But It's, a, it's okay. I, he, he made Conley at 87 this year, which I'm not even sure if he ever did that while he was in Memphis. He was at 87. Uh, 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 maybe. Two, two years ago, I think. I know dyna- like dynamic rating, he jumped up to an 88 mm-hmm. this, one, this year. Like you do a my GM with him now, you're at, he's averaging twenty five and nine. <laughs> yeah, but if, um, if only that was a little more accurate to real life. True. Well, um, we're gonna take a small break and we're gonna close with a blazing hot question for Big Nate Chester. Oh, I can't wait. All right, so Nate, I really hate that you didn't want to make um, as much a surprise, but the question I still feel like very well infuriates you let's say your starting point guard goes down uh-huh and your only choices for a starting point guard were rookie wade baldwin <laughs> rookie andrew harrison oh my god 2017 18 mario chalmers my god and cold streak shelvin mack yeah, I'm my best Stephen a impression are you high <laughs> are you high <laughs> who are you choosing but like, what What unspeakable horrors would have had to have happened to my NBA team <laughs> where not even a team that's rolling out a visible tank on the court would be p- making this decision? 
I mean, just think about this. This actually like happened, basically, pretty much. Like this, <laughs> we, like really we, actually we, happened. You know what's the worst like, part? It, at least we can now look at this and embrace how horrible it is. But I actually had to listen to people I like and respect tell me, Nathan Andrew Harrison's got size. He's going to improve in year two, Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I actually had to listen to a Mario Chalmers versus Andrew Harrison debate for who was going to be the backup point guard in 2017-2018. You want to know how sad that was? Yeah. That's about I mean, sad. it was sad for me because it was just a sad reality that um, Wade Baldwin wasn't it. <laughs> I was a very big Wade Baldwin truther, and that just broke my heart. Wade Baldwin was more interested in looking handsome on Instagram than he was working in the gym. And you know who I have to blame for that? Chandler Parsons ruined Wade Baldwin. (laughs) Do you know who I have to blame for that? (laughs) What? I have Chris Brown to blame for that. He hung out with Chris Brown? No, he's a huge Chris Brown fan. Oh, yeah. yeah, Listen to that music will do it to you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's um, the embodiment of City Boy Summer. <laughs> but um, anyway. But going back to your original question, and Parker, you designed this question just to make me say it, and that angers me. <laughs> Parker made a tweet that you can go look at right now and said, this is the brand of Nathan Chester. <laughs> it was really and, good. And, and it implied that I don't care as far as my riding goes when the Grizzlies are doing good things. It implies that I'm very interested in riding when the Grizzlies are doing bad things. <laughs> and it means that basically I go wild when Shelvin Mack even exists. <laughs> yeah. How is former Orlando Magic's assist leader at 3.3 assists per game? The point God! The point God. Yeah, move over, child. It's Shelvin Mack. How is he not on an NBA roster? I don't know. That, league, that's, honestly, that's and what, we're going to investigate for tampering or not tampering, uh, collusion because of Kaepernick. We need to be doing it for Shelvin Mack in the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's what drove me to make the meme. Um, is because you just, in defense, it was one of those things where I asked you that question and probably just spurred in your mind, like, how is Shelvin Mack not in the league? But to answer your question. As much as I disliked him in a Grizzlies uniform this past year, Shelvin Mack is the easy answer to that. And mainly it's because Shelvin Mack had one month and a half of really good play where I had to hear people say he's the best backup point guard the Grizzlies have ever had. As if Vito Udry never existed. As if Nick Kalathis never existed. (sighs) Nick Kalathis was better. No, he was. Yeah, he was. Completely, yeah, yeah, completely. Even though he got booed out of the FedEx form. I never seen a role player got booed out of the FedEx form. There, there was a combination of reasons for why Calathis got booed out. One, because people said he's going to be the best backup point guard in the league and the Grizzlies will only be able to keep him as a backup for one year before he'll become a starter. And two, here's something you can't underestimate, especially when it comes to white guys. He was ugly. I'm so ugly. I look like you. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not balding. Almost. Oh, nah, I got a short little hairline. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. But, but Calathus was ugly. Like, no. And, 
That man got suspended for 20 games because he needed uh, that human growth thing for his hair. With, with, without without Calathus's male pattern baldness, Bino Udru would have never become the Grizzlies' backup point guard. And he would have never become the fan favorite that he mm-hmm. ended up becoming. It's amazing how life works. But going back to what we were saying, Mac, because of that one month and a half stretch alone, is easily the best are the best of that bunch of who I would choose. Mario Chalmers, before he came to Memphis, was public enemy number one. People hated him for that shot he made against Kansas. and he oh, Against came, Memphis. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Memphis. And in 2015, 2016, he came and made everyone a believer, made fans of the Grizzlies. Folks, I am not exaggerating when I say he was so bad when they brought him back two years later that he squandered all that goodwill. Yeah. Like, people were completely indifferent to Mario Chalmers now. People did not care. He was that bad. No, what happened was everybody was like, they finally remembered the uh, Kansas shot. They <laughs> forgot everything else. <laughs> Do I remember actually, I saw the signing because I think it was announced on his Instagram before anything. That's a bad sign in and of itself. And I, like, I was like, so we're signing a 6'1 aging point guard who just ruptured his Achilles when we have two young point guards on our team. Now, those two point, young point guards are, in fact, terrible, and they're both out of the <laughs> league right now. But, hey, that was also before, like, Andrew Harrison, like, kind of, like, looks like a third-string point guard. This was after his rookie season. Yeah. When he had the single worst individual shooting season in NBA history. Baldwin's probably right with <laughs> They were so terrible. At least Baldwin hit that like 35 foot shot to end the game against the Knicks. That was like a money line thing where apparently he like ruined some like some degenerate gamblers money line. You know, Courtney Lee was acting really angry because he thought that was unsportsmanlike. Really, he just had money riding on that game. (laughs) I remember watching that. (laughs) Scott Van Pelt like did that. And like, like he did like the money line segment on it because he always like does plays like that. And it was just so funny. Just like Wade Ballman thought he was like, oh, yeah, all right. I hit this buzzer beater three. (laughs) Congrats. You're up. You just went up 15 on the New York Knicks in April. And I heard Courtney Lee saying things like Wade Baldwin hadn't earned his place in this league. And then later on, he did it to Dylan Brooks saying, what's he done in this league? Courtney, you were literally afraid to shoot the ball while you were in Memphis. I don't really want to hear all the talk. You were a good player to be sure. But my gosh, people had to scream at you. There were think pieces written about you. Whether you had the yips or something, you wouldn't shoot. Bro, it was one of those things. He was a 40% three-point shooter. And he would shoot. And he would rather just shoot uh, mid-range twos. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Grit and Grind. <laughs> but then, then again, I think like Lionel Hollins and Dave Yeager just like made some bad omen about the three-point shot. Like, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't even like want to like think like what. I wasn't he, even thinking about that. Guys, I just, if you shoot a three, <laughs> I swear to God. I remember something. Do not tweet. shoot another three. Yeah, I remember something that was really, really funny. It said, uh, I think it was Matt Moore talking about how did no one discover that Marcus Saul could shoot threes for all this time? And someone said he came in as a three. It said, whatever the Spanish word for shoot threes is, but it was like, Yo Tango shoot trays. <laughs> and one of the Lado Holland said, Speak English, you fool. <laughs> Nate, I swear you're going to get me in trouble one day. <laughs> you really are. Uh, 
Yeah, well, there, there was two years of Spanish in high school. I just butchered that. Yeah, you badly. really did. You yeah, really yeah. did. Um, um, I, the reason I started laughing wasn't even about the Lionel Hollins comment you made. Said if uh, Wade Baldwin and Andrew Harrison played a one-on-one game to fifteen, how long would it take? <laughs> Well, what would last longer, a one-on-one game between them two or a one-on-one game between us? <laughs> Ours would go faster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That's even... not really a... a, a they were both okay defenders for the most part. Yeah, we'd be both score too, so it's not like we're just missing shots all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, one thing I'd like, to, I'd like to point out, and it just shows how far along we've come. Three years ago, almost today, like by about like two months or so, um, our starting shooting yard on opening night was Andrew Harrison. Those were dark days. We you, remember, you remember opening night against Minnesota where I think he took eight or nine threes? No, he didn't take eight or nine. I was there. He took a lot of jump shots in the fourth quarter of that game. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, dark days. And then the, that same night, Wade Baldwin had the, his like, career game. <laughs> It was his first game. game. <laughs> what, what, did he have like it a five wild. by five by five game? No, it was um, five by f- – no, it was – so we had a five by three because he had seven – it was like 7.6 rebounds, five assists, but then he had three blocks, three steals. I think it was something that no rookie in NBA history had ever done before him. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. There um, went our Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he's gonna ball out in Greece. I'm still a true. I'm not a truther, but I'm a fan. Like mm-hmm. I got to meet him, and I, I don't know. Like his attitude kind of rub rub people off the wrong way. But I was like, ah, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. He was always nice to me. So <laughs> we'll take what we can get. I'll take what I can we'll, get. We'll take good people when it comes to the Grizzlies list of. You know, I was between. <laughs> Between Javon Carter, Andrew Harrison, Wade Baldwin, hey, what? that would have been a damn it! I forgot Javon Carter too. What about him? <laughs> <laughs> no, to, the, to the question. To the question. It would make you think a little more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people in West Virginia would have him start over John Morant. Well, on that note, um, Nate. John Morant said Javon Carter was the best defender he ever played against in college basketball. It's pretty dope. Yeah. To think about that. That's cool. Yeah, but. Doesn't mean much in the NBA, but. Eh. Hey, at least he made Chris Paul and James Harden work for a couple of possessions at a 20 point blowout. There's that. No, he was actually like the guy that, like, kind of like helped spark the comeback. Oh, yeah, I was at that game. Yeah. Yeah. I was still lost by like 15 or 20. <laughs> yeah, because James, yeah. yeah. Anyways, it happens. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it. Yeah. See it often. Yep, yeah, see it often. <laughs> Hopefully not anymore, but you hate to see oh, it. Oh, we're going to see it some this year. <laughs> Nate. Of course, you got to bring that up. <laughs> Nate, uh, plug your stuff in so they know it's where it. to get in your replies. And I don't want to get doxxed or anything. Uh, well, um, they can find you on Twitter at uh, BC Abraham <laughs> or um, J underscore Timber Fake um, underscore. You can find me on Twitter at Big Nate Chester, and you can find all my Grizzlies and NBA-related content at grizzlybearblues.com. Don't sue me. Read it and enjoy it. Oh, wow. That, that's, I like that. Yeah, yeah, Don't sue me. Read it. It's off the top of my head. Yeah. That could have gone really badly, but it came out just right off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Of course, read my work at grizzlybearblues.com. And uh, that's, that's all, folks. <laughs>